We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The playoff scenarios impacting underdogs, playoff contest. That's what we're going to talk about today on Stealing Bananas. I'm Ben Gretsch. You can find Stealing Siegel's newsletter at bengretsch.substack.com. With me, as always, is Sean Siegel. Find all of his awesome work at Rotoviz. And Sean, we were uh, talking before the show. We're going to dive into the underdog playoff contest a little bit today. For those of us, those of you guys that listen to us on YouTube, you always can go to the Rotoviz uh, YouTube page and and watch there uh we have a a a draft board that you did recently pulled up where we're going to kind of talk through some of the the picks that are being made in this playoff contest for people that don't know the contest you draft 10 players i I believe the starting lineup every week is five of those players a quarterback uh, a running back two receivers slash tight ends and one flex correct me if i'm wrong on that sean and then you have to advance each week so you got to be able to score points each week you can't just draft and load up on the two teams that have buys, you won't make it out of the first round. It's not a total points thing. Like the FFPC contest, which we'll definitely talk about down the line, is a total points situation for uh, the way that it adds up. And so your your math through these playoff contests is different. The ways that you're analyzing it are different based on the actual advanced structure and the ways that the winners are determined. And some of them, where it's the total points, you want to think about you know, average number of games played and who you're projecting to actually go to the Super Bowl, they're going to get more games in and who may not get as many games in and what their scoring environments might be like. With underdog, it's a very unique and interesting format. And people have done a ton of research on this. This is just obviously the the bare bones, but you want to be able to advance each week. And then you also have to be able to, if you're going to win the, the contest where most of the money is up top in all of these contests, you're going to have to be able to at least at minimum create a full lineup in the Super Bowl, have a quarterback, a running back, two receivers slash tight ends, and a flex, five viable players. And so one of the very big, easy, simple, you know, first talking points is, well, if you attack two teams and stack from the NFC and AFC and they meet in the title game and you get enough scoring there because they're winning on their way there and you're like pretty concentrated on those two teams. And that winning point is key. I mean, when those teams do meet in the Super Bowl, it means they're, they're putting up, stats on the way there they're scoring points they're advancing then you should have starting lineups uh, viable and available at each step of the way but sean as you as you think through that initial point you then have to consider okay well if i'm playing it through team a 
who are the teams that make the most sense with that as team B? And if you're incorporating a third team into your build, what you know, who are the, the right ways to do it from a third team uh, perspective? We were just talking a little bit, briefly getting into this before we fired it up, but we're gonna we're gonna talk through it a little bit more on the actual pod here. But talking through a scenario where, like, you know, in the AFC, there are one, two, three, four, five, six different seven and six teams right now. And two of them are currently in playoff position in a wild card position, and four are not due to tiebreakers. And there's also Cleveland at eight and five, who is the other wild card team. Of that seven team grouping, three are going to be wild card teams, presuming those teams all stay out of the division title races, which the Colts are a game behind Jacksonville, but do not have the tiebreaker against them and lost to them head to head both times. The Broncos are only a game behind the Chiefs, but have lost. Uh, excuse me, the Broncos actually have beaten the Chiefs once, but lost them the other time. That is a split situation, but I, I guess I'm just not really taking it as credible that the Broncos can even run down the Chiefs in the final four games here. Uh, but assuming those things, you end up with a lot of scenarios where you're saying, if, you know, if then statements, if this team gets in, the other team doesn't get in. One of the things you mentioned to me was, you know, trying to play through Buffalo. And then what does that mean for potentially adding another one of those AFC wildcard teams? like uh, the Colts was one that we were talking about for them to both make it in the wild card is, you know, a a unique outcome. So there's a lot of these little scenarios and and things that we're talking through. They relate to this specific format, which is a draft format. And we're going to do a draft at the end of the show as well, which will be a lot of fun. But first want to talk through some of the situations and the scenarios for you guys that are playing the format and thinking through the ways that the playoffs might go. It also relates to how we think through the final month of the season might go in terms of which teams might be able to win out and, and, and punch their tickets and those types of things. So a lot of fun stuff to talk about as it relates to the fantasy playoffs upcoming and then the real playoffs and playoff fantasy and all of those interrelated you know, topics. I find this contest so much fun because it gives you a chance to not only make those player bets, which we always enjoy, but also to make some team bets. And especially when you're talking a month out, it's so much fun to kind of work through which teams you see as rising teams, which teams you think could fade. Then, I mean, the other question there is, which teams do you think are rising, but could also have players who are interesting enough to help you in the contest to advance early? The big thing that we're looking at right now is that the teams, they get the buy are not going to play in that first week and help you advance. And so if you are investing in those teams, you may need to have a more complicated or a more balanced approach to some of your other selections. When I think through this contest last season, it seemed very clear, especially as we got down toward the end, that the Chiefs and the Eagles had really strong chances to make the Super Bowl, and they had interesting players that you wanted to play. And then that tension is, well, if they're going to have the number one seed, and obviously people will remember how complicated that became in the last couple of weeks with the game being suspended and and some of the things that happened there. But you have to be aware of the fact that if you're loaded up on Chiefs and Eagles, then you're going to not score points in that first round. The approach that I recommended to our readers was to play heavily through the 49ers and the Bengals that worked extremely well for initial round advance. And then 
you look at what's going to happen as you get down to the end. If Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt in the NFC Championship game, if the Bengals pull out the AFC Championship at the end instead of losing to Kansas City, then you're through with these full lineups. And not completely full, obviously, but impressive lineups into the end of the contest. My recollection of it is that there was one miracle team that somehow had a lot of Eagles and Chiefs into the final round there. And, you know, you're trying to figure out how they could have possibly advanced because you have to have one of the two highest scores out of the six teams to get through that initial round. This year, Ben, I think it's even more compelling to attack other rosters because, A, I don't think that the Ravens have a lot of dynamic people to play through, especially when you think about maybe the second round advance. Although, again, the calculus changes based on which teams make it through because if you know if the Ravens do make it to the Super Bowl, even if their individual players are not super high scoring, those will still be the guys you need to win the contest. So you have to keep that in mind as well. But as we're working through this, you have two issues with the favorites. With the Ravens, it's that the players are not that compelling. With the 49ers, it's that the players are so compelling that they're expensive enough that you can't stack a bunch of them onto the same team, right? So you end up starting your draft with a player who has a pretty decent chance to have the buy, so you won't have them in the first round, and then you can't fill your team out with the 49ers anyway. So you kind of just have this lone player sitting at the top. That's especially the case if you take Christian McCaffrey at the 101 he is the most expensive player i don't think that he should be based on that situation i just discussed you can put some of the other guys together say a debo and an Ayuk, one of the receivers with purdy that's something that you can approach and then figure out how you're going to advance through the first round with other picks but ben there are some teams here other teams that you can play that you can put together more of their players on the same roster who probably will be playing in the first round and are really exciting teams to think about their path to the Super Bowl and then what the Super Bowl could be like. Yeah, looking at this board that we have up, the San Francisco issue is is, is apparent. And you do have the, the two people that went San Francisco in the first round did come back and take another San Francisco player in the second round. It, this is as stacked as it, as it can get from these ADPs. The Christian McCaffrey drafter at 102 came back with Brandon Ayuk in the late second. And the other one took Debo Samuel at 105 and took Purdy at 202. So you had Debo Purdy stacked together, Ayuk coming back, and the McCaffrey drafter saying, okay, well, Debo and Purdy aren't there. I'm going to take Ayuk. And then he, on and in the early, early third, passes Kittle, but Kittle goes at 305 to the Debo Purdy drafter. And you wind up saying, okay, well, Purdy, Debo, Kittle – not terrible. McCaffrey, Ayuk, at least you got somebody stacked with McCaffrey. But in both cases, you're stuck with this Niners team where you said, like, look, the buy could, you know, the buy in the first round is a very real possibility. And then the other thing about how they play, like Purdy's, a, I think, a really interesting piece, obviously. But with the ways that they play, there's not necessarily a lot of consistency other than Purdy. And I guess McCaffrey is the other big one. But Debo, IU, Kittle can all kind of be their week. It can be multiple guys' week. We just saw last week they put up over 500 yards from scrimmage against the uh, Seahawks, and all of Ayuk, Debo, and Christian McCaffrey had over 125 yards from scrimmage in a game where Kittle also goes for a 45-yard TD and has like, you know, 70 yards or whatever it was. But just the fact that the other three all had 125 yards from scrimmage, you don't see that often 
I certainly don't want to, you know, perusing the box scores for stealing signals. That's 375 yards at minimum right there. A lot of offenses don't even hit that number in, in a week, let alone let it be that concentrated. And so there's certainly the possibility that the Niners can win games and all of their guys kind of get there and some of these stacks can make sense. But you'd love for a contest like this to have four of those five together and it's just not possible. And to have Purdy with two of them or two of them without anyone else, without Purdy or a third non-quarterback piece does make it a little bit challenging if there's an ebb and flow to their scoring in the playoffs like especially if you have a buy in the first week you got to get through the buy and then you know in this example we have purdy debo and kittle what if the niners win in that second round purdy doing well but it's a, a big iuk and christian mccaffrey game you might get eliminated right there and and so it is really tough to play the niners for the reasons that you're saying you mentioned there's some of these other teams it's easier to stack you really like it's not that you're saying that they're better than the Niners, but you really like to be able to do that in this particular contest in the scenarios where the Dallas Cowboys, for example, win, you would have the potential to realize all of their scoring across your roster. I kind of just gave away one of the teams that you were telling me before we started is a really interesting team. You've been able to do some of these drafts, Sean. I'm just diving in really now because obviously for the listeners that know that I, I – have to travel out of state to, to get my underdog uh, exposure in. I will be traveling out of state uh, at the uh, around New Year's to go watch my Washington Huskies in the college football playoff. Excited to do some drafting then. I don't think it's uh, legal in Louisiana where that game is, but I'm flying into Atlanta driving down. So I'm going to do some road trip underdog drafts uh, in my future. Excited to start diving in here. Uh, but Sean, other than the Cowboys, or I guess I'll let you expand on the Cowboys as well, certainly. Um, who are some of these other teams that you're kind of alluding to where we can attack them better and then we're kind of playing on contingent scenarios when this team does make a run to the Super Bowl? when they Because we do know that's a little bit unpredictable. When that happens, we're able to more accurately realize the positives of that potential uh, success. Whereas, again, like with the 49ers, um, if they if they make that run, we can't even really build a roster that is sure to realize the that that success and and then actually do well in this particular contest. Doesn't mean the Niners aren't going to do it. And you gave that example from last year of the of the Eagles and the Chiefs, and and certainly you know there are ways it can play out where it gets really wonky. But we want to be building teams that have a very straightforward plus EV path when our scenario plays out as opposed to leaving it all up to chance and variance and saying, well, you know, both the one seeds are going to be, be in there. And so, you know, we have to do this really wonky build to make it work. Uh, so who are, who are some of those teams that, you know, if their team outcome plays out favorably like a Dallas that I just threw out there, you can play in this contest and stack up well so that you can realize that success. So you mentioned the Cowboys, and listeners might be worried about that buy, considering how they just hammered the Eagles. When we're looking at the playoff odds, the New York Times uh, upshot playoff simulator, simulator right now has it essentially 70% Eagles, 30% Cowboys in terms of winning the nfc east and the schedule gives you a feel for why that is philadelphia has four very soft games doesn't mean that you couldn't lose one of those but the dallas cowboys finish here at buffalo at miami 
home against Detroit, and then in a game at Washington, you'd hope that they can win that one. But three straight difficult games, you take a loss, and especially with the Eagles having such a soft schedule, that could be the difference. We think about the Eagles, and there's some risk that they would go to the number one seed because the 49ers do have home games remaining with the Ravens, and so the Ravens and their team battling for their top seed on the AFC side in a home game with the Rams and the Rams will be battling to make the playoffs. You would expect them to win either of those games individually. But when we look at that, the Cowboys are in this great situation where they're probably not going to have the bye, even though they look fantastic, but they do look fantastic. You have players you can play through. They're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs in this scenario, which isn't ideal, but that first round game would project to be against the really weak winner of the NFC South. So you get through that game, then you're into the second round. And, and again, we love their chances against the teams in the NFC right now because they look so good. Now, does it mean they're going to be able to win on the road against either Eagles or the 49ers, especially if they play them both, which certainly it could work out that way. That's a tough task. And yet, again, when we think about how the contest works, it is pretty compelling. So if you take C.D. Lamb at the top, I think he should be the top pick. There are many situations in which you can come back and get both Tony Pollard and Dak Prescott and then a cheaper member of the team in terms of a Brandon Cooks or a Jake Ferguson later. I think that that's probably the best way to play. But the other way that you can do it is to go through the Eagles, and the Eagles are going to be a great option if they finish with the two seed because, again, you don't have the bye, but you do have that home game that could be crucial there. And the Eagles are priced in such a way that you can often do Hertz and then either A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, usually A.J. Brown being the first guy going there. There are situations where I see Devontae Smith come back around. If you want to get that running back in DeAndre Swift, you can go after him. It's a little more controversial one because he has been on a very, very cold streak. But again, we're talking about how do you get the right players for this type of contest. And then Ben, I mean, there are some fun teams on the AFC side that you can match them with. If you bet on some of these teams actually making the playoffs, once they get there, they could do some real damage in this type of contest. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. With the holidays just around the corner, many people's thoughts will turn to gift giving and what to get for friends and family. And seeing the joy on people's face as they open those gifts can be a truly wonderful experience. Spending time with family unboxing gifts is always one of my true pleasures of the entire year. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. Early 2023, I began therapy and I started doing it after thinking about it throughout the holiday season. So very much like I'm talking about today, it is the perfect time to start that process. I have found it very beneficial and my plan is to continue it into 2024. It's been very valuable in helping me learning positive coping skills 
and balancing the day-to-day tasks and challenges that I have experienced. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rotoviz today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash rotoviz. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I like that note where if you start with one of these NFC teams in the early rounds, what happens in this type of contest, and why we're spending so much time with it, is... In the later rounds, you can really stack some offenses that don't necessarily look like they're locks to be, even be in the playoffs when you're drafting this early. And that's sort of the ad- advantage to drafting early on is there's enough uncertainty. Cer- certainly the week before the, the um, playoffs actually start, when we actually know, you know, after week 18, we know the, the, the matchups and we know all the seeding and everything else. Th- these drafts are going to be far more efficient in terms of what you're able to do with some of these teams. But we just talked through how the AFC in particular, very jumbled with those final playoff spots. The Bills right now, they, they win this past week against the Chiefs to get back to seven and six, but they don't really have a lot of the tiebreakers. Their odds to make the playoffs still pretty low. Having said that, the teams they're going up against, they are a significantly better team. I think, you know, any of us analyzing the NFL, even with a tough schedule, believe that the Bills have a better shot to win out, say, than, you know, a lot of these other teams. You mentioned, like, the Broncos have uh, a really favorable schedule after they play at the Lions this week. They have three pretty winnable games after that. You may have mentioned that to me before we started recording. But, we also are, are sort of talking through that and then also thinking like, well, one, do we even want the Broncos players if they make the playoffs because their their offense is just not that fun for fantasy and they're probably going to be a one-and-done team. But then two, do you even trust them to win in that favorable schedule the rest of the way, right? Because they're kind of 
sketchy team. They've done some good things, but then it's also, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they lost some very winnable games and that cost them a playoff spot. Sort of similarly, you have the Steelers in a playoff position right now. The Bengals have worked them way into their way into that seven and six tie with uh, Jake Browning at quarterback, despite his ADOT being right at 4.5 yards downfield each of the last two weeks. He's, he's absolutely destroying the world on screen passes to uh, running backs. I think he has completions of 29 and, and 37 yards in his first two games. And then this past week had the two long ones for 99 yards and a TD com- between the one to Chase Brown and the one to Joe Mixon. That's really boosted his uh, passing yardage and also the Bengals' ability to win some of these games. But that's not a team that I have a ton of faith will continue to be able to succeed the ways they have in the, in the first couple of games with Browning, even though he's made some good throws downfield as well as defenses sort of challenge him more. The Bills, I mean, really tough schedule, but you look at it and you go, I mean, they're the Bills. They can they can do it. And they're, they're through really the hardest part. They got the, the Cowboys this week, but then the Chargers and Patriots, and then at Miami, Chargers and Patriots, obviously fairly winnable games. So the, the draft that you're showing us uh, for the YouTube subscribers, um, uh, anyone watching on YouTube, it's not a, it's not actually a subscription. Uh, um, it doesn't cost you any money to do it. It's very easy to do. For anyone uh, watching on YouTube, you did start with Hertz at the 104, AJ Brown in the second round, Swift in the third, and then we're able to come back four, five, six with Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, and James Cook. So really able to hammer that Bills team. Josh Allen and these types of playoff contests going in the fifth round just almost never happens in, in past years, obviously, or just flat out never happened in past years. Um, this is a six-team draft, I should mention, as well. It's not like there's a full 12 teams of, of draftable competitors going on here. But, yeah, the, the ability to play through a team that maybe isn't guaranteed to make the playoffs and stack them up in rounds four, five, six with the big pieces, with Diggs and Allen and then Cook, and then actually you came back in round seven, eight, nine, and did similar on an NFC side on the NFC side with the Rams because you're, uh, as you noted, kind of playing through the Eagles potentially have the the, the the chance to get a bye, but the Rams could really help you in round one if they do sneak in. You were able in seven, eight, nine to get Kyron Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. So then you have all of the key pieces of three separate teams essentially: the Eagles core the um the bills core and then the rams core there and if it were to be a bills eagles super bowl and one where the rams ideally won in the first round of the playoffs and advanced and you know you get a couple of games out of the rams in an absolutely perfect world they advance and don't play the eagles and then advance again and those two teams meet in the nfc title game you have these scenarios where as these teams are advancing you also have the key pieces and i think that's one of the real important elements of this as well which isn't to say that you know the teams you're playing you can't take the non-primary pieces because that's also been kind of shown to be successful you go back to the first year of this i remember leonard fournette ended up being a key where ronald jones at this point was their main guy and people were taking fournette late as the backup running back jones has a little bit of an injury issue fournette was potentially going to be released and then he ends up becoming playoff lenny that that postseason and is a key in this contest so you can take some of the bit pieces that are correlated as well but um for you to be able to i, I love this draft it's a great one to show off uh, a smart structure where you're playing three separate teams and playing them through 
the the highest profile players. Is it really likely that the Bills make it and the Rams make it, and then the Bills go all the way to the Super Bowl and also the Rams win and all those things? No, not necessarily. But that's a lot of the stuff that's out of our control. And if that does happen, I would imagine you're like one of the favorites in the entire contest at that point because you have built the structure very, very well. And that's what we're trying to do is figure out what paths are reasonable and have a lot of upside. You think about the Rams being on the outside looking in right now, but the next two teams ahead of them being in a situation where they don't look good. You had the Vikings with the quarterback situation there and the health of their players. You have the Packers simply not being that powerful a team. Now, when we look at the Rams and where they are, where you finally have Stafford and Cup and Kyron all together there with Puka, you think about them really looking strong on the road at the Baltimore Ravens. The Rams are a team that could take off. And as you mentioned, not just make the playoffs, but especially if they get into that sixth seed and they face the Detroit Lions. Now the Detroit Lions, a very different team at home, but it's hard to not think of the two games that played this last week. And you know, you don't want to put too much weight on the very last game, but a game where the Rams do defeat the Lions in round one and then are still alive to help you advance in round two that's one of the things i'm really looking at right there i think that if you play a team like the chiefs on the afc side then the indianapolis colts who have michael pittman and jonathan taylor as potential ninth and tenth round picks that's an interesting way to play that again because pittman and taylor are really interesting guys and you think about the afc on the afc side the fact that it's so wide open this year, even though it still does seem like it will probably either be the Ravens or the Chiefs or a team that's currently out in the Bills. I mean, those would be the three teams I would expect to have one of them make the Super Bowl. But the Colts, even after the terrible loss against the Bengals this past week, they're a team that can do some interesting things. They have players who can score points for you. You get one upset and suddenly your ability to then advance to the second round as well because of how your team is built. I mean, it's right there. So Ben, let's dive into one of these drafts and see, see what they give us. Yeah, let's do it. That sounds like a blast. We'll get that fired up and going. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you mentioned the Ravens, Chiefs, or Bills as like the most likely teams to come out of the AFC. Obviously, Miami fans will want, you know, to be included there. Jacksonville fans, potentially it, the ASC is a little bit more open this year. Certainly I felt like last year going into the postseason that it really was going to come from the chiefs bills or the Bengals. And it did really feature those teams as the prime uh, candidates had the Bengals obviously upsetting the, uh, the bills in Buffalo and then, pushing the Chiefs, but uh, the, the Chiefs ultimately winning. Sean, we do draw the 102. This draft's going to start uh, in just a second. But, yeah, this it's a, it's a fun contest this year. You asked me before we started sort of, you know, what my thoughts were on how I think this is going to play out. I do think it's a lot more open this year, which is, you know, follows conventional wisdom. That's not like some big, bold statement. But, um, you know, typically on our show here, Sean, we're, we're thinking through more contrarian outcomes, not just repeating the the, the – the conventional wisdom but the conventional wisdom i think is right on this one certainly in the nfc as well you have dallas and philly tied dallas does have the tougher schedule the rest of the way if you look at odds it gives a lot there's there's not a lot of support for Dallas. i i I was telling you before the show that i i looked at the odds and i feel like 
they're a fun team to play from the perspective of being tied for the fifth best odds. McCaffrey does go one-on-one. Uh, we're, we're just getting fired off here. You mentioned Lamb being probably the arguably the correct one-on-one. I'm certainly in on, on making that pick and, and building that way. So we will, we will grab Lamb, but yeah, so the current odds right now, 49ers are the favorites than the Raven uh, to win the Super Bowl. The 49ers are the favorites at plus 240. The Ravens are more than double the odds at plus 550 as the second favorite. And then you immediately get all the way to seven to one where the Eagles and Chiefs sit and eight to one where the Dolphins and Cowboys sit. And the Cowboys being, you know, tied for the fifth best odds to me does stand out a little bit because their defense is very good and their pass first and aggressive. It's very funny to, to, to think through the ways that they've kind of struggled to actually translate their regular season success into postseason success basically since the 90s. And, and there's a lot of trolling that goes on for Cowboys fans that love to think of them as sort of America's team and all of that stuff. But this very well could be their year. It'll be, it'll be just such a more difficult path if they can't secure one of the top two seeds and yet the firepower that they bring to the table. I really like the way that they look right now. The unfortunate part would be if we get 49ers, Cowboys in the second round. And Ben, correct me if I am wrong on this, but one of the things, if you're a Cowboys fan and you're concerned about that path, so we're up here quickly and Tony Pollard and Dak Prescott both come back. Do you have a preference here? Any other player you would consider? No, it's definitely one of those two. I was thinking Prescott was a no-brainer, but now that you ask, I'm sort of I'm wondering if because Purdy's on the board and, and McCaffrey went one on one. The the McCaffrey draft is going to take Purdy, so Pollard's probably at more risk of just randomly being picked, right? So we do take we do take Pollard there. Purdy's going to go at the turn. Uh, this guy's not going to go Purdy uh, Prescott, and so we should be able to get all three either way. Probably would have, but there was probably some small risk that he decided he or she decided that they wanted um, wanted Pollard. Interesting pick to take Devonta Smith there along with the Christian McCaffrey start. I think they got to go party. You could get a Kittle pick. One of the things that I didn't mention earlier when we were looking Lamar at Lamar Jackson. So that's an interesting build. They, they went with a random one-off QB, but it was from the AFC Lamar Jackson. Sorry to, to cut, cut you off there, but we did grab Prescott on the way back. What were you going to say? One of the things... It's just that when you don't have to start a tight end in this, we know that George Kittle can score huge numbers of points in an individual game. But when we think about him being um, pretty clearly the third guy behind Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, it does feel like you're giving something away to create that structure when you're looking at him as the guy that you can put with Christian McCaffrey in some of these situations. Now, I had talked at the beginning about how it can be tough to put the 49ers together. I mean, that drafter very easily could have gone CMC, Purdy, Kittle, which Kittle. I think you know, you're going to be very happy with. That gets you the three 49ers, and then you can build the rest out to get through I think the first couple that, of rounds. So, I mean, that that certainly argues for the CMC pick as a real possibility with today's if, ADP. If, if you can get Purdy back with CMC, I mean, that enough is – and then, like, to your point, even if Kittle's the third of those options to get any pass catcher with it. But we talked through how Purdy and CMC are sort of the consistent ones to get you through each round. To pair those two, I mean, the that drafter wound up passing on that opportunity. Like, I mean, absolute no-brainer. You have to do it if you have CMC and you have Purdy staring at you. You you have to take Purdy in this format and in, in the ways that these advanced 
structures work and you have to get through each week. And if you're playing CMC and CMC is an important pick at 101, then you you also want Purdy along for the ride. Sean, we're back on the clock in the f- end of the fourth round. What are you thinking here? Josh Allen just went one pick before us. Yeah, on a lot of occasions I like to go Diggs, Allen, right there, or Diggs, Cook. With those guys gone, this is probably moving to a different AFC team. You can take some long shot guys with Rice, or we can do the Miami build here. Let's do the Miami build. That's what ADP is kind of pushing us to. A-Chan is the ADP pick. We're going to go ahead and add him with Pollard. Waddle is the second ADP pick. He does go on the turn. Probably could have seen that one coming with this person on the turn, kind of taking uh, a lot of different offenses. But that was their fourth different offense and four picks. That's not going to probably work out great. It does really limit our Miami options. So it's funny. You get to this point and you're like, well, this draft's done. <laughs> well, I think this is the, a, a chance to come back here with Brandon Cooks, would you say? Yeah, sure. Let's grab that and, and continue to build out Dallas. The, the one-off A-chan pick doesn't necessarily need to kill the draft, but it does because it could be a key in, in advancing. And there, there's maybe scenarios where Dallas does get the one seed and we're going to want you know, a monster first round game to to advance just and then and then have Dallas as the key the rest of the way. There's there's a lot of, you know, ways that things can play out. But you do certainly one of the really fun things about this contest is you do certainly want the draft to fall a certain way and be able to build such that if a certain scenario plays out, you have one of the best possible combinations of players because there's going to be other drafts that are going to stack and correlate correctly that's part of the reason I'm, I'm criticizing the the 101's picks from four different offenses in the first four rounds is there any scenario where those players are good or you meet two of those guys meet in the play in the super bowl there's going to be people that have those two players and better stacks from those teams around them we're back up here you have uh star jake ferguson continues to build up the dallas thing and i, I think it's a, a very obvious pick I, i'm with you it actually gives us a a legal lineup of Dallas plays with Dak, Pollard, CD, Cooks, and Ferguson now, all five of them. So if Dallas were to, say, not get the bye and play to the Super Bowl, we could theoretically fill a starting lineup every single week of the contest if they're playing in every week, which is a really interesting situation to be in, certainly. Uh, we have a lot of flexibility here as well because the only other player we've taken is A-Chan, and we don't have a lot of options through Miami. It looks like you're starting some of those Rams players. I, I would certainly want to be looking at uh, an AFC team as well. You have Evan Ingram at the top. Who's your favorite pick here as we're running down the clock in the seventh round? So we're back on. We could go with Ingram. I think that he is probably the pick right here. And sort of the way that it works once you get very heavy on a team like the Cowboys, as you mentioned, you can fill out the full lineup with it. And now it's one-off types of picks from – AFC offenses where you get that team with your Cowboys in the Super Bowl, that would be your path. Ben, I had mentioned the Colts as a little bit of a long shot team that had interesting players. I was hoping there, the other thing that we were close to is being able to put a couple of Jaguars onto this. And as soon as we got blocked off from the Dolphins, the Jaguars became the next best bet. That also didn't work because ETN and Ridley in spots went directly ahead of where we would have taken them. That would be, so that would have been plan B. Plan C, I think, is to have some one-off AFC players and then to try and get with the Pittman-Jonathan Taylor move at the end. Does that appeal to you in this particular draft? I, I mean, I'd be okay with that. The other thing that we 
this is my first time seeing this, but that we didn't do. Odell Beckham goes at 704. He wouldn't have been my pick, but Keaton Mitchell goes 705. You grab uh, Gus Edwards into the queue now, but he was also available as well as uh, Isaiah Likely, although he's not maybe a great pick depending on Mark Andrews' health. I haven't really thought through that point as I start to make it, but Baltimore looked like there were some paths that we could have played them as well. But the risk you run into is if Dallas and Baltimore wound up with the one seeds, which is a, a very viable path right now, you wouldn't get through the first round. But with how heavily we're on Dallas, we kind of don't want them to get the one seed. We kind of want them to be able to make a run despite not having the one seed, I think. Um, so playing through the one seed AFC team might have worked there. We are back on the clock. You've moved Pittman to the top. I think he's he's viable. We don't really have other ways to play Jacksonville. So now we just have HN, we have Ingram, we have a couple one-offs. I think Pittman and then Jonathan Taylor and playing the Colts to be an interesting AFC team is certainly a viable path. At this point, we are leaning fairly heavily into this idea that Dallas is going to be sort of the Super Bowl champion and potentially from a non-buy position. Might be a requirement that it's from a non-buy position because we're not going to probably have another quarterback. Do you want to you, – you also have some Browns there. I think that's getting too thin. I think I would go Taylor here. We we're also looking at Jerome Ford at this point, Amari Cooper available. My concern is – having pieces of Miami and Jacksonville and wanting those teams to win. I mean, if they win their divisions, they're, they're going to be hosting these, these uh, wild card teams, either Indy or Cleveland. You might have some of your teams facing in the first round. We might anyway, it, you know, now with the Indy stuff here. And it's not a disaster because again, we want to make sure we advance in the first round to keep the overall bills juggernaut alive to where things get thinner, the Bills can get it. If we have some of these teams advance, really what we want is to have maybe two of our players from the AFC side alive as long as possible and one of them get into the Super Bowl. Is there a – can you click on the QBs? Gardner Minshew's gone. Or is he way down there? Oh, he's – People are not playing the Colts in this yeah, tournament. If you've already, reason, I do think that Pittman and Jonathan Taylor are, are pretty interesting at the end of drafts. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of intriguing to me to make a path where even if Dallas got the bye, we would have that Dallas juggernaut through with a bye with all of these indie things. And it would require us to take, I mean, all these AFC things, it would require us to take another quarterback. We're not going to get through the first round with Dallas on a bye without a, a, an AFC quarterback, the one that we're most stacked is Taylor and Pittman. So I was thinking maybe Minshew allows you to do that, but it does seem like a little bit of a low upside play. What else do you like here? I would prefer to take an additional receiver to try and make sure we get through if Dallas is not the top seed. So we have Puka. We have You could take another AFC long shot in Jamar Chase. You could take Mike Evans. Let's go. The clock's running down there, so we we take Puka. I think that's fine because we haven't taken any other NFC players. There are scenarios where you know the Rams and the Cowboys meet against each other, but I don't think those are particularly likely. The Cowboys are probably either the one seed if they're able to like win out, or or I guess not necessarily if the Niners also win out. The Niners beat them head to head, but. They could be the two seed and the Rams could be the seven. You could run into that issue. I was going to say, or they're a wild card team going on the road against the winner of the NFC South. And in that scenario, you have the Cowboys and the Rams as two different wild card teams. 
they're they're not going to meet until the um, conference championship. So when you when you stack two different wild card teams with each other, you know they can't meet until until the conference championship. You know that you don't run into that issue of you know your your players eliminating your other players. So we finish on with CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott, Devon A. Chan, Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson, five Cowboys in the first six picks. Then we went uh, Evan Ingram, Michael Pittman, and Jonathan Taylor. A couple other shots at AFC offenses. We close with Puka Nakua. We do wind up with players from five different teams, but it's with this big Dallas stack where we have essentially the five most important Dallas players, you could maybe argue that that Rico Dowdle is vaguely important as well, or on that. Any, regardless, this is very close to the Cowboys' entire offense. Is sort of the point that I'm trying to drive home. I I struggle with whether this team. I mean, there's going to be other builds that have those five Cowboys players. It's not particularly hard with current ADP to do that. I struggle with whether this would be the optimal way to play it because at, in any scenario where any of these AFC teams makes it. I imagine there's people that have this Cowboys build with multiple players from those AFC teams, unless it is the Colts, unless the Colts make this strong run to the championship and suddenly you have, you know, Pittman and Jonathan Taylor who are probably not stacked together in a lot of spots. You mentioned not even being drafted a lot of the time, but I don't really suspect that the Colts are going to be playing in the Super Bowl this year. What do you, what are your thoughts on, on how we played the non Cowboys picks here? I think the Cowboys stack is very straightforward. Did we miss some, you know, EV with the ways that we spread out our other picks? I don't necessarily think so because of how this draft functioned. One of the things that's both fun and infuriating in these drafts is the behavior of other drafters that you can't control. And it's not even to say that anyone made a crazy pick or blocked us necessarily. The path to going back through the bills which i think is the most dynamic when you're starting really heavily with one nfc team we didn't get that stefan diggs doesn't come back to us nor does josh allen and i have seen in the last in the very most recent drafts that the bills have snuck up a little bit in terms of popularity which again isn't a huge surprise even with where they are right now in terms of making the playoffs because if they do make the playoffs they're going to be so dynamic there then you move to your you know, second choice, and you're hoping that the Dolphins guys will get through to you. And with Waddle going at the turn to a drafter there that really was, as you mentioned, very spread out, that part is unfortunate for us because we can't get the two guys. So we come back with Brandon Cooks. I think that you could make an argument that what we should have done would be to set up the Jaguars at that point. You take Travis Etienne and you're looking for Calvin Ridley to come back. But in this particular instance, he didn't come back anyway. And so that would have also blocked us at least to an extent. Now you can make the claim that maybe Evan Ingram would have been basically the same thing. And he is someone that we draft later. One of the things that I like about what we did here is that when you're so heavy on the Cowboys, a lot of those guys are going to have to be in the lineup as you're going through anyway. And I do think you want to then move in the direction of first round advance. If you're blocked from that perfect Super Bowl team, because there are a lot of different scenarios that could play out both with the games themselves and then the different pods or groupings as you move forward. You don't know what's going to be necessary in your group to get through and maximizing individual round advance at that point with good players. And like you mentioned, it's going to take the Colts making it and then playing well in the first round. I mean, you could maybe 
I mean, you're going to advance, and then maybe in round two, some other things will happen. Ideally, the Colts would play well in the first round and win, right? But you also have then the good receiver in Puka at the very end. One of the things that can happen in these drafts with players or teams that get too heavy on one squad is that it will then become difficult to advance, and you won't necessarily have the firepower at the wide receiver slash tight end position. Again, remember, this is a one quarterback, one running back, two wide receiver slash tight end, and one flex. So in many cases, you're going to prefer that sort of three wide receiver type of lineup, but you have to have two. And so making sure you have enough firepower, so many of the teams are going to take a really bad player from a good team in the last round. And that is often the thing that you need to have when you're in the finals because any individual additional player even if he's a bad player just scores a couple of points that could be the guy who puts you over the top and so against the finalist group that can be helpful but if you already are very loaded on your team in this case as we were with the cowboys and you don't have another team in the afc that's that realistic of a super bowl advance anyway getting a player that helps you make it through and keep those Cowboys alive. I really like the way that we executed that. So I wish the draft board had fallen differently. I do like what we did given the options we had when we were on the clock. Yeah, it was a tricky draft board to navigate in those spots, not helped by the fact that you had me throwing out ideas and not really knowing what was going on necessarily with the ADP to, and, and we're trying to record a podcast at the same time. It's always a little bit challenging with a 30 second clocks. Obviously, I'm looking at the board here and as you were talking through it all and just not really seeing any necessarily clear paths or ways that we could have done different things. It is interesting, though, like the the ADP is so unique, is so um, spread out that, you know, you want to play ADP a certain way, but you can do creative things like one one thing that was sticking out to me as I was looking at is where we took A-Chan in the fourth round. Obviously, love having Devon A-Chan on our team. But Travis Etienne goes in the sixth round. And the fact that we were still able to get Brandon Cooks in the fifth and Ferguson in the sixth, and then we went with Ingram in the seventh, almost makes me wish that if I could switch Travis Etienne and, and Devon A-Chan and take Etienne two rounds ahead of ADP, then I would have Etienne and Ingram stacked together and I can play through, Hey, Trevor Lawrence decides to be this number one overall pick that he was a few years ago and makes this great run in the postseason. And Doug Peterson shows that he's one of the all time great, you know, coaches for navigating postseason runs. Cause he was able to do that with the Eagles, obviously a few years back with Nick Foles and, and having that stack and that out would have been pretty interesting. But I mean, I think you described it very well as well. There's not, I mean, I guess that's my point is the only the only alternative that I see is really deviating from ADP. And that's at least interesting because it probably does give you a little bit of a unique build. And the fun part about this contest, too, is that guys, especially once you get out of the first two or three rounds, will go all over the place because individual drafters are almost playing or not almost. I mean, they're more or less directly playing their own team in a vacuum. And what will work for that team is going to be different in each draft. And the players who are past, you will occasionally see guys really, really fall. And so you're you're hoping for that in a situation where it makes sense for you. If ETN could have come a couple more picks, that would have been great. Since we were able to get Ferguson in six, just simply going HN and immediately coming back with ETN would have been interesting. 
the only flip side of that is that you can run the risk of being too running back heavy when you take those running back values because again you end up at the end of the draft and you find you don't have enough of the receivers especially well, what if you're about taking receivers like a cooks or a ferguson where the reason you're taking them is not because you actually expect them to score a lot of points in any given round but they're necessary to have enough pieces of the team that you're building around right but what about the scenario where we didn't take a chan and just would you knowing what you know at the end that you got ingram in round seven you weren't able to get any more dolphins because obviously waddle goes to the turn we weren't really sure the idea there was we were looking at a chan and waddle at the top of the queue the drafter at the 101 had started mccaffrey devonta smith lamar jackson looked like maybe they'd be playing a 49ers and eagles combo on the nfc side and then maybe just strictly baltimore through the nfc they ended up taking uh, Sam Laporta later, Gabe Davis later, playing a lot of different offenses, and and that's probably not. I mean that that team might be able to advance a little bit, but it's going to eventually run out of viable pieces probably because it's not really heavily stacked enough. Um, my my question is, in knowing what we know now that that team went at Waddle, we weren't able to get A Chan and Waddle back to back. Would you take Etn in the A Chan spot instead of A Chan? I would. It is something where. At the time, though, we're kind of stuck because even coming off of just this excruciating loss that the Dolphins have, which I think is one of the most unfathomable losses we've seen in a long, long time, they still are a team that's much more likely to make it than the Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars are having trouble unlocking all of these pieces that they have as it is and then you have a little bit of the injury there it seems like trevor lawrence is going to come out of that nicely I mean, maybe the jaguars will be the team and you think about the Bengals and where they were on their schedule i don't think anybody was surprised that last year they were in the mix with the chiefs obviously we all expected them to be in the mix this year the season they actually make it to the super bowl is one year early you know could the jaguars get there one year early and have it be 2023 I haven't been that impressed with what they're doing, even with the results and even with the stats. And yet, yeah, I mean, if those guys now go on a run, especially with the Chiefs struggling, with the Bills being potentially not even making it, and I mean, the Ravens are a power team in some ways, but you just think back to how they struggled with the Rams this last week. They're beatable. To have the Jaguars in the Super Bowl would not be a shock. I do think that would be a good pick. Yeah, that would be interesting. In, and uh, as I was saying, purely in hindsight, obviously we don't know how all these are going to play out. And as you were saying, the players can go all over the place. But it is interesting, you know, a little thought experiment as we think through how this draft went and how to do it. These are fun. I wish I could do them a lot. A lot of them. I think the 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 real selling point of the format is, I think, really unlike almost any other, or not not unlike, but more than almost any other fantasy format that we play the actual draft decisions are so vital and you finish your draft feeling like you either accomplished a certain build or didn't accomplish it you certainly benefit from as you noted the fallers being the ones that you actually need and then you know if you get the things together that's why they're so addictive as drafts as well i know a lot of buddies in the industry are, are drafting a ton of these right now because it's the opportunity to try to get certain builds that you're after but there's so much almost more than anything else what i was trying to say there is there's there's more on the actual drafting skill navigating the draft decisions on the clock quickly 
in you know our normal full season stuff in underdog best ball in the offseason there's so much content around so many different things the adp is what it is you're drafting with 12 different people so you can't get the slips in the way that you can in a six-person draft where everyone's trying to correlate as you described and so all of those things add up and then also obviously the possibility that you have really good players later because people don't want to play those teams because you know they don't look likely to make the Super Bowl. But if those teams are able to make it, there's going to be someone who played them later and stacked them up well and intelligently. These really good players potentially as, you know, uh, a smart stack that are, that's going to wind up winning the whole thing, right, is ultimately what it comes down to. So this is just such a test of your ability to draft and make those decisions on the fly and think dynamically. And that's that skill of drafting um becomes so key from the first round through to the final 10th round we were sitting there on the clock in the 10th round trying to figure out you know various options i'm throwing out gardner Minshew. wouldn't have been a smart move but uh would have been a fun move certainly we wound up with the one qb build instead gardner Minshew's going to go off and you're going to be like i told him i told I him, told him. Like, we would have <laughs> right when gardner Minshew throws for four tds and, and leads them to you know, every game and leads him to the Super Bowl, Sean. I'm gonna have a real big I told you so because we're gonna we're gonna have missed the uh the Pittman Jonathan Taylor stack with him. But there's a lot of different ways you can play this. And I just think it's really fun that the way that it challenges your actual drafting acumen and the decisions you have to make on the clock. And it's not so much about just logging in and following a list. It's a lot of if-then statements. Your draft changes as you take picks. The, the Every pick that you make, you need to then think intelligently about the picks that then follow, and it changes your board, and it should change your board. Hopefully, we give a good example of that and, and talk through some either-ors, like the ETN HN, where you can look at it after the fact and say, well, you know, yeah, in hindsight, you probably do prefer ETN. You can't know that when you're making those picks, but that's what you're shooting for. And then when you get good at them, you're going to need some reps at the beginning. But when you get good at these drafts, you can start to build some real monsters. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a fun way to play fantasy because of the way that it does challenge you. And the, the skill really, I think, shows through. The the quick skill, the drafting skill shows through. So that's a, kind of a blast. I absolutely love these. I'm addicted to them. The, the different types of things you're trying to accomplish too based on the team that you start with because it's not simply a matter of switching teams and then taking the same approach but with a different team and the complementary team to them there are a lot of different nuances and a lot of ways that the overall draft will change beyond just having a different team in there at the top love that element of it ben this has been a lot of fun hope everyone enjoyed it get out there play some underdog this has been stealing bananas i'm sean siegel with me as always is ben gretch make sure you follow him at yards per gretch at ceiling signals at ceiling lines get in there for stealing signals gold we'd love to have you guys over there at rotaviz it's a great time to subscribe to either of our services and you know, get those Christmas presents out. The coupon code is RV Radio 2023 at checkout. Leave us a rating and review. We love you guys. Good luck tonight and this weekend. Fantasy quarterfinals on deck. We'll talk to you soon.